It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And here we go. The weekend is upon us and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. As of the recording of this podcast, Billy Donovan is still the coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder, not the Michigan Wolverines. And were that to change, we would definitely do an emergency podcast coming up this weekend to talk about all the ramifications, the coaching search, what it means for the Thunder, and even what it means for Billy and whether or not I'd be happy for Billy Donovan if he took the Michigan job. So stay tuned for that. Um, This is not the only time you will hear Billy's name mentioned on this podcast, but unlike the last few, he's not going to be the focal point. We will, however, in segment two, talk about a guy that could replace him. Not the craziest idea that I've heard, but why it probably wouldn't work. In segment number one, we'll focus on Nerland's Noel, and more importantly, the backup center position for the Thunder and how much they should be spending on that particular position. And Sam Presti, will tell us to trust the process, and I'll tell you that no matter what Kevin Durant does, how you like how smooth that was, I'll tell you what no matter Kevin Durant does, his legacy will always be tied to the Thunder. My name's Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and I host a website, or actually it's a channel, for maven.io called Thunder Maven. Find it at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. And if you like what you hear on this podcast, please download the Himalaya app. Then when you get into your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. In an offseason that has way more questions than it does answers at this point, one thing we know for sure is that Nerland's Noel should not come back to the Oklahoma City Thunder. It doesn't benefit him, and it really doesn't benefit Oklahoma City. Speaking from Nerland's Noel's standpoint... If you look at Nerland's Noel's numbers right now, about five points per game, shoots 58% right at about 59% from the field, and four rebounds per game, the stats really don't pop out at you. And if you just go strictly on numbers alone, Bisback Biombo from the Charlotte Hornets had pretty much the same numbers this year as a back as a backup center and made 16 million more than Nerland's Noel did. Nerlens Noel, who made just north of a million dollars for Oklahoma City this year, with those numbers, could garner about $17 million on the open market. Or at least, if you found the right team, you might get close to $17 million. So why are you going to exercise that option for Oklahoma City and make, I think it's about $1.98 million, right at around $2 million? That makes no sense. The Thunder could pay Nerland's Noel the mid-level exception, which is about $5.7 million. But when you think about it from the Thunder standpoint, and I know Nerland's Noel gave you great defense this year. 
If he wasn't giving you offense and rebounding, he was certainly giving you defense this year. Number one in steals for guys playing at the five this year. Number four for blocks when it came to centers. So there are some good numbers there, but for $5.7 million, I couldn't justify it, especially for a guy that didn't take a single three-point attempt at all this year. And considering how basketball has changed throughout the last few seasons, a lot of the last four or five seasons, you need guys that can shoot the three, even guys that can play the five. And unless you can get that guy, if you're just getting guys who are essentially Steven Adams light, which is what Nerlens Noel was, maybe his feet were a little bit better, he was a little bit more athletic, um, I'll give you that Nerlens Noel did a much better job of being a rim protector and certainly guarding on the perimeter more than better than Steven Adams did. But the Thunder were only 15 and 6 when he played over 15 minutes this year. I mean, I, I say only 15 and 6. 15 and 6 really isn't that bad. But overall, when I think about what Nerlens Noel gives you and how the game has evolved, I don't want to commit more than what I paid Nerlens Noel this year to paying a center that's just pretty much going to do what Steven Adams does on a on a nightly basis and plays less than half his minutes. Steven Adams averaging 33 minutes this year, Nerlens Noel averaging 14 minutes per game. So it doesn't worth it. It's not worth it at all. I think we've established that and it's time for this relationship to just end as it were. And for Nerlens Noel, the way you have to look at this year and playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder is that you learned a lot. You had the opportunity to come into a really good organization. You had the chance to get to know Russell Westbrook and Paul George and find out what it's like to be around a couple of superstars, a couple of all-stars, and you got the opportunity, at least from a position standpoint, to be around a guy like Steven Adams. And I don't know if there's a guy in the NBA that works as hard night in, night out as Steven Adams does considering who he has to guard most of the most of the nights and the physical abuse that he has to play. And when you're taking on dudes like Nurkic and Jokic in the Western Conference multiple times a year, and then when Boogie Cousins is healthy, you're taking on that guy. There's a lot to garner. There's a lot to learn from a guy like Steven Adams. So I think Nerlens Noel got all he could out of this. The Oklahoma City Thunder got all they could out of this, and now it's time to move on. The other thing about Oklahoma City this year, depending on who they bring back, they have shown that you can put Jeremy Grant playing the five. When you go small, you can put Paul George at the four. Patrick Patterson, who's already exercised his his player option to come back, he's another guy that you can stick in that position. So even now, even with there not being a true five behind Steven Adams, you still have guys that in a pinch could help you out depending on the lineup that Billy Donovan or whoever's coaching the team wants to throw out there at this point. However, that being said, all that being said, I think you have to give Nerlens Noel um, a big round of thanks for his time here at Oklahoma City, um, playing, I think it was 77 games this year. And a lot of times the guy showed up, he was impressive. I can't think of a single night that he took off or a single night where I thought, man, he just played a crummy game. I thought there were games that were worse than others and some better than others. But overall, I think it was a pretty good year for Nerlens Noel. 
And, um, hey, since it sounds like we're saying goodbye to the guy, and for all intents and purposes, we are on this podcast, short and sweet, was a really good exit interview. Here is Nerland's Noel from a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's definitely been a great, you know, fun year for me to, you know, actually experience a team like this that has, you know, winning intentions and a mentality like that. So, um, it's definitely opened that up for me, you know, to see the playoffs and see that side with a, a locker room full of veterans. It's, you know, it's been a major part of my growth, you know, my maturity. And, um, you know, I definitely feel good about that. On that note, I mean, you said it's you know, some of the best chemistry you've seen, and that was tested. Like, how, how did the chemistry stand up in the times when you guys, you know, post-All-Star break were having struggles or through this series? You know, definitely, you know, this was a very resilient team, you know, led by Russ and P, you know, Steve, you know, those guys have done a great job of, you know, just continuing to build a culture here, especially from Russ from when he first got here. So, um, you know, I think it's helped us, you know, countless times throughout the year to, you know, be resilient, you know, come back through games and, you know, as close knit as the team was, you know, it's definitely been a great position that we've, you know, put ourselves in at certain points of the year to be successful. But, you know, me personally, like I said, I took it all in. You know, it's all pretty new for me to be in this environment, this atmosphere and this culture that was built. So I felt great about, you know, the year. You're working with Mark Bryant. You know, do you see some like avenues or opportunities for yourself for strides forward, things that you'd like to, to be a better, a better or different player next season? Uh, most definitely. You know, I think it's going to be a major summer for me, you know, especially just being around this, like I said, and, you know, the playoff hunger. You know, after you lose in the playoffs, there is definitely a, you know, new hunger that builds inside of you, you know, bad taste in your mouth, you know, especially for me, I can say. Uh, but, you know, I definitely want to have, you know, a very, very big summer, uh, regardless, you know, working on a lot of my weaknesses um, and, you know, try to, you know, become a, just become that much better over the summer, um, have no weaknesses when I come back, you know, build up my body and um, you know, just try to come back a monster. about being around this, you have a player option going into the next season, do you, do you feel like you want to come back and, and play at that or do you want to... Know, kind of explore your options in terms of you know whether it's here or elsewhere. Uh, you know I love this team and all, but you know I'm gonna just definitely let my um, agent handle that situation. You know he's made it pretty easy for me. You know this year, but just going out there and play. You know the team has especially. So you know now I'm just gonna simply focus on my work, workout regimen. You know try to be the best player I can be. You know throughout this whole summer and you know let him figure all that out. When you say work on your weaknesses, what what do you want to, what are those specifically? You know, just definitely add to my game. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing would just be the weight room, you know, just putting on size, and I think that would make me, you know, honestly, I just think it would change my game and, you know, make me that much better, uh, make me that much, you know, more, um, you know, just reliable in certain situations. Um, so, yeah, just big summer in the weight room and, you know, everything else is just adding on floater, you know, 15-footer, just simple things to my game that will take me to another level as well. Wrapping up the Nerlens Noel discussion, and that was Nerlens Noel from his, from his exit interview, I thought Nick brought up a great 
a great point there. Getting to work with a guy like Mark Bryan is certainly going to help improve his game. And if anything, Nerlens Noel showed another team what he is worth and will be able to get more money on the open market and maybe find more playing time on the open market depending on who the team is. When he talked about his agent handling it, to me, that was Nerlens Noel saying bye. I'm pretty sure you read the same thing. And don't forget, Nerlens Noel did foul a lot during his time here in Oklahoma City. In fact, only six centers fouled at a higher rate than Nerlens Noel did. And, and obviously, when you're doing that, you're not doing your team a lot of good because you're sitting on the bench and it's forcing Oklahoma City into situations where Steven Adams may be playing a lot more minutes than what he should and Oklahoma City has to go small and use guys who are maybe more at a four like Jeremy Grant or even like a Markeith Morris than using a true five. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. It's the weekend edition. Coming up next, it's not the craziest idea I've heard as a coach, but I'll tell you why it won't work here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your phone when you do. Tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast when you get into your car. It's the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're an employer and you are looking for qualified candidates, and that's why I said qualified candidates for your job, then you need to be posting on ZipRecruiter. Right now, we're giving you that option for absolutely nothing. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. I use ZipRecruiter as a prospective employee. I have been using ZipRecruiter now for well over a year, and it has got me some great interviews. Now, I haven't chosen to take the jobs because I haven't felt like the jobs were necessarily right for me, but I did get in front of people who valued my skill set, and it made sense for us to at least have a conversation. And as an employer, that's something you're looking for because ZipRecruiter will take your posting, they'll put it on a, over a hundred of the most reputable job boards, but then they'll start to weed through things and give you the best candidates, candidates that actually fit your job, not somebody that's just looking for a paycheck or somebody that just doesn't have the qualifications. And 80%, 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter within the first day Get at least one qualified candidate. Find out why it's the smartest way to hire. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash locked on. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. 
I love all the Thunder websites that you have access to now and all the Thunder content that is available, whether it's Thunderous Intentions, Thunderwire. Um, you've got 24-7 who does some work with the Thunder. And there's look, there's a lot of Thunder podcasts. So first of all, if you're listening to me, thank you for listening to me. Thank you for putting me in your playlist and checking out the Locked on Thunder podcast every single day. But Thunderous Intentions is one that I have gotten into. It's done by Fansided. And today, and I can't remember the the girl who wrote it, I'd like to give her credit, but you can go to Thunder Maven where we've got it posted and you can see who it is, threw out the idea that Antonio Daniels would make a good next coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, first and foremost, we have already established long time ago, the Thunder fans are not going to be happy with whoever the next coach is unless he's a name. And Antonio Daniels certainly fits the bill of being a name. But he's not going to win you the press conference. What's going to happen if you hire Antonio Daniels, who does a great job, a fantastic job, of breaking down the Thunder and anybody else he happens to be covering, does a great job of breaking them down in the studio and would be an excellent color man. But when you bring on a guy like Antonio Daniels, who's been doing a lot of work in the booth, 50% of your fans are going to go, hey, man, that's cool. I know him. I like him. He was critical when he needed to be. He wasn't your typical Homer Thunder broadcaster. He was a guy that told it like it is, and he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I'm on board with it. The other half are going to be, what the hell are you doing? You went out and you hired a broadcaster? You didn't hire somebody that has more of a coaching pedigree? Well, and and that's what's going to happen. However, I mean, look, we've seen in the NBA, Mark Jackson didn't turn out too bad, although he got fired after coming out of the booth. And Steve Kerr has come out of the booth to do pretty pretty darn good, I might add, as a head coach and as a general manager. So I'm not knocking this idea of Antonio Daniels coming in just yet because we've seen other guys go from booth to sidelines and be just fine. And I think Antonio Daniels will be just fine. He's young. He's energetic. He's got that San Antonio Spurs pedigree, which Sam Presti and Clay Bennett both have. And, and, you know, we've said so much that that's the team that the Thunder want to model themselves after with consistency and and, and work ethic. And you know what you're going to get on a nightly basis? That makes sense. Um, the big deal, would Russ listen to Antonio Daniels? I don't know. And I, I don't know who who Russ would listen to aside from a guy like Phil Jackson or Steve Kerr. I don't know that Russ would even listen to Steve Kerr all that much. I, Mo Cheeks? Is that a guy? Mo Cheeks is a guy that we know Russell Westbrook would listen to. And if that is your ultimate, if Billy Donovan leaves, if that is your ultimate goal, to make sure that you get a guy that ru- that can keep Russ under control or Russ at least respects enough, then you go out and you get Mo Cheeks. You actually don't have to go out and get him. You just turn to him and say, Mo, you're the head coach. Make sure that Russell does what he's supposed to do. Go out and make him a better player. It's, it's that simple. The one thing I wonder with Antonio Daniels is not even whether Russ would listen to him or whether or not he could get through other players. When you sit in that booth, and you criticize a guy, especially when things are going wrong, you're going to have a ton of people on Twitter, on social media, 
telling you how awesome you are. But when you put yourself in that guy's shoes and you can't be any better than he was, now all of a sudden you've got people who aren't going to so much be on your side. And that's something I want to see. If Antonio Daniels were to be the guy, I don't know how he handles that. That is a huge question mark for me. By all accounts, he's a good guy. I think he'd be a great representative for the Thunder. And I'm not ruling him out. I don't know that that's a road Sam Presti goes down because I think Sam Presti's going to want somebody with some experience and somebody that believes enough of the way that he does where it's not a constant fight. You can have some fight, you can have some push, but it can't be all push or it doesn't work. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, does Sam Presti really understand the sense of urgency he has to have surrounding the Oklahoma City Thunder. We discuss that next. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app to your smartphone. And when you do, get into your car and tell your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder podcast. Locked On Thunder as well as all the other Locked On podcasts available on Google Podcast and Apple Podcast. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're about to wrap things up here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. My name is Eric G, and I'll tell you something I don't like about myself right now. I become one of those Thunder fans who feels a complete sense of urgency around this team and is becoming very afraid that Russell Westbrook won't win an NBA championship. And it used to not bother me. If Russell Westbrook didn't win an NBA championship, that used to be one of those things where I wasn't going to stress about it because I still feel like, as a city, Oklahoma City and the state of Oklahoma is very lucky to have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, things have changed. Things have certainly changed, especially watching Kevin Durant win three championships. And now with this calf strain and him being out and watching Golden State be different but still really good without Kevin Durant, and I think it's what now a 26-6 and like six record or something like that without KD, and when Steph plays, it's still ridiculous how good Golden State is. Even with your finals MVP back-to-back finals MVP on a bench. But watching Kevin Durant play against James Harden, watching the Thunder bow out in the first round, and realizing that no matter what Kevin Durant does, his legacy will always be tied to Oklahoma City. James Harden's legacy will always be tied to Oklahoma City, and therefore Russell Westbrook as well. And right now, what that legacy is, what it symbolizes is failure, failure, 
in the most extreme sense. And the nicest way to put it is coming up short because you've got three guys that were Hall of Famers that didn't win a championship. And three guys that broke up for reasons that one, we know James Harden didn't want to give what James Harden didn't want to take what the Thunder were willing to offer. And the Thunder weren't willing to offer what James Harden wanted, and that was $4 million. Argue about that amongst yourself. Kevin Durant, citing either Billy Donovan or Russell Westbrook or the culture in Oklahoma City or, or, or just not winning enough, decided to go to Golden State, and now you've got Russ with a Supermax. And all, all it, it all kind of centers around was you felt like this team had its future so much in front of it and now it's it's scrambling to figure out if it can just get competitive to win a championship. And if you win a championship, all the talk that I just did right there goes goes away. It doesn't mean anything anymore because it says Sam Presti can get it done and you didn't necessarily need Kevin Durant in order to get the ultimate prize. But there are times when I wonder if Sam Presti truly understands how quick he's got to get things done. Two years when he says things like this at his exit meeting. But um, there's no perfect team. And as I said earlier, um, majority of the questions last year about the defense, getting that corrected, I felt like even with the hit we took with Dre, you know, we had some guys step up. And I think the players and coaches did a pretty good job overall getting ourselves to be a top five defense. But you're not going to solve one thing without creating another situation somewhere else. And um, you know, that's, uh, that's something we'll have to continue to look at, and I'm sure you guys have plenty of questions about that. I'm happy to answer them. Um, as we look into the offseason, the key for us, it always is the same. It's, okay, how do we create a path forward? How do we create as many options as possible? Um, I, you know, to be honest with you, going into year 12 after 11 years and being in the playoffs 9 out of 10 years uh, with changes uh, all around us, it, it gets harder and harder. You know, but if I sat here last year, um, I wouldn't have been able to foresee or predict, you know, what we've been able to do at that point in time. So I can't tell you, you know, you know what that looks like. I can only tell you that we're going to look for literally every single way to improve the team, uh, both externally and internally. But that's no different. And um, I personally, I, I love the puzzle. I love the challenge. I love this time of year. Uh, I love the opportunity to be with the people that I work with to try to solve these things, um, you know. And you know, there's a there's a price to the longevity that we've that we've established, and we got to keep we got to keep grinding and figure out ways to make it last longer. Um, this will be the first time in four years that we aren't entering the summer trying to convince a franchise player not to go to a bigger market. So I'd say that's welcome on our end of things. Um, you know, when you're going through those things, I think it's relatively unprecedented that an organization has faced that four years in a row. Um, I'm proud of the way we've navigated that, even though sometimes it hasn't gone our way. Um, and, you know, you do things and you stress yourself and you push yourself and, um, you know, trying to convince those guys to, to stay is, is, is a challenge. The fact that we have uh, Russ, Paul, uh, Steven, Terrence, Dennis, Jeremy, um, you know, really the, the, the core of the team, the guys that play the minutes um, under contract is a stability that we welcome and it allows us to go into the off scene with a little bit of a different perspective than we've had in the past. Um, and that's helpful because I think more than likely 
based on um, kind of where we are strategically, like our greatest path for improvement is going to be the improvement of our core group. And that improvement is probably going to be um, greater than any type of impact that we're going to be able to have with like a marginal addition here or there when you kind of think about the group that's returning and the fact that we primarily play nine guys. So, um, you know, we'll look at everything external. We'll beat the bushes like we always do. Uh, you know, if I sat here last year, I didn't think Nerlens Noel would be playing for us. He was a big factor on our defense being what it was. Uh, you know, I had no idea that we'd end up with Dennis Schroeder in August. So you just got to work the plan. Uh, you've got to be consistent. And uh, in our case, what works for us is being pretty methodical, you know, so... Being methodical is understandable because it theoretically it leads a guy like Sam Presti to not make mistakes. But it also slows down. Sometimes it slows down progress and sometimes you've got to work quick. And that's what the Thunder have to do. And as far as relying on the core, what Sam Presti said there at the end, relying on the core, hoping they're going to get better. We've seen this play out before. So you're telling me that Jeremy Grant, who did get better at shooting threes this year, is going to get even better next year, that you can bank on that. Um, that Steven Adams is going to add more to his game than what he already has, and I still wonder where Steven Adams' ceiling is and wondered, wondering if he reached it. Yes, you've got Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I We know what those guys can do. Paul George was close to an MVP the year, but will Russ... Will Russ be a guy that actually evolves? You've got so many questions, and yes, you add those little pieces here and there, and sometimes those little pieces, when you do your scouting right, can be guys that turn out to be difference makers, and these are things I know that Sam Presti's considering, and maybe I'm just nuts. Maybe the pressure for Sam Presti isn't from Clay Bennett, probably isn't from Clay Bennett, it's probably only from guys like me and maybe just a few fans who are anxious to see this thing get turned around. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We will be back on Monday unless there is some major news to break this weekend. And if that happens, we'll, of course, do an emergency podcast. And until then, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.